Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Wednesday edition of the show. want to say hello to all the Pewter people in the chats. We already got a super chat, which we will get to in just a moment. So shout out to our guy, Adam Hamilton. Uh, but today we're going to talk all about Bucks versus Titans. I know things are in dire straits for Tampa Bay, but... Maybe coming back home where they've struggled, maybe a little semblance of home will uh, will help them out in uh, this Sunday's game. We'll get into all of that. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joining with me is my co-host from PewterReport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, while we're trying to turn the page a little bit, looking at the next opponent for the Bucks, it's also tough to completely erase everything that we saw from uh, last Sunday's game. So it's going to be interesting how the Bucks rebound in this one because they haven't rebounded from other losses and probably Sunday was their worst loss of the season. Yeah, it was. And we called last week a must-win game. We're calling this week a must-win game too. I mean, at this point, they're all must-win just about. We're not trying yeah. to we're not trying to um, sensationalize this, but the, the fact is, is that you've got 17 shots, right, in – in an NFL season, every game matters to me. That's what makes football, whether it's college or pro just the best sport, because, you know, you, you can lose four games in a row and in the NBA and the NHL, certainly in major league baseball. And it really have no consequence unless you're like, like in the pennant race at the very end and you need to win, you know, to get out. But I'm just saying like in baseball, you and you, you lose four games in a row or win four games in a row. In June, it doesn't matter, right? Same thing in, in NBA and NHL. When you're playing 82 games, four-game stretch, it you know it's not make or break. In the NFL, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, Matt, and you know that. Four-game losing streak, that's huge. I mean, that's, that's a quarter of your season, essentially. And one more loss, especially if it's at home, where they're one and three right now, I just think that this team starts to fray and fracture a little bit. If Todd Bowles has one strength that I know – you know, fans are ready to see, you know, him be gone and, and a new coach come in next year. If he's got one strength is he's done a good job of keeping the team together. Last year, they went through some real adversity with the whole Tom Brady business, the offense, letting the defense down some of his own breakdowns on defense. And a couple of those games, the 49ers game getting rolled out there, the, the Browns game blowing the, the, you know, the lead there on the fourth quarter touchdown to Jacoby Brissett, then losing in overtime. He's done a good job of keeping this team together. But, Matt, a team can only take so much, right? And in five losses to send this team to three and five, all of a sudden the math just, just starts not working out really well for this team. The math ain't mathing for the uh, for the Bucks right now. Right. And if I were going through – point to a positive i would say well the offense got back on track and i feel or not even got back on track the offense did something like the offense is actually putting points on the board and what i would point to as maybe not even a sigh of relief but for as bad as everything was for the bucks defense yeah i have more confidence in the defense being able to figure things out and and get back to that defense, how they looked against the Saints. Yeah. Then I do 
you know, if, if the Bucs were continuously yeah. still going to struggle on offense, if the offense can sustain what they did, and they're not going to score 37 points every week. Right. But if the offense can sustain what they did last game in terms of putting points on the board, I know Baker's talked a ton about how much they were terrible in the third quarter, but if you erase that third quarter, the rest of the game, um, there's something to that. And you hope that the defense can kind of get back to what made them uh, such a good team and such a such a, a damning team to play against, at least defensively, when, when Todd Bowles is pushing the right buttons. But yeah. like you said, the Bucks are running out of time, and there's still half a season to go, and that's true. But you, Todd Bowles said this wasn't going to snowball. It's already snowballed. Um, you cannot afford to really lose any more games in a row this season. Yeah. You have to get back on track. And the crazy thing is, is if the Bucks win on Sunday and the Saints lose, yeah. The field's open once again. And <laughs> no. So uh, as bad nobody as, wants to win the South, Matt. It's the same wants, as last year. Yeah. Nobody wants it here. You want it, Carolina? You take it. No, I don't want it. I'm, I'm losing all my games except for one right now. How about you, Atlanta? You want it? Sure. We'll be we we'll just beat the Buccaneers. We'll lose two in a row. Hey, New Orleans, you take it. I mean, it's just it's a hot potato right now. Yes, it's, it's a game of hot potato, and it just makes it that much more confusing because yeah. we saw Will Levis, who will be starting against the Bucks yeah. this week, his first career start. He torches the Atlanta Falcons. I know. The Bucs couldn't even score more than 13 <laughs> points against the Atlanta Falcons. So yeah. it is crazy well, how it you is know, week to weekly. It's funny you mentioned that, right? Because it's like we're looking at that game a couple weeks ago. We're like, wow, Will Levis in his first start, four touchdowns against the Falcons, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, and of course, Buccaneer fans and, and probably the Buccaneers themselves are like, wow, man, that's whoo. Holy smokes! And all of a sudden, Tampa Bay was like, "Hold my beer, we're yeah. going to one up you. We're going to let yeah. Will use Will Levis four touchdowns. We're going to give CJ Stroud five. I mean, you're not going to outdo us in terms of sucking Atlanta. We're gonna we're gonna take the title. So yeah, it's crazy times in this division, man. It is it is something else in the yeah. NFC and South. the Titans have a better wide receiver one in DeAndre Hopkins than yeah. the uh, than the Texans do. We'll, we'll talk about that in yeah. a little bit. We got to get to the super chat yes. from our main Thank man Adam much. Hamilton. Thank you for the 1999 super chat Adam. Coming in hot to start yeah. the show. Appreciate so that. Adam says, "So, I know a lot of fans don't want to hear this and I get it. The future of this organization has to be better if we lose and fire Bowles, right? Like next year will be the same deal. I don't know. I'd love to see a new regime." Thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I had this question or a similar one posed in the Bucks mailbag, Matt. You remember that on Monday, right? Where yes. where the, it was like, it can't get worse, right? If we fire Bowles, well, I'll I'll remind you. This team went from Greg Schiano, who got fired after going four and twelve in 2013, to Levy Smith, who actually won half as many games. He was two and fourteen. They didn't have a single win at Raymond James Stadium his first year. So, yes, it can get worse. I'm not yeah. going to say be careful what you ask for, right? What you wish for, um, because the expectation is that will it will improve, um, but yeah, it can get worse. So uh, if Todd Bowles does get fired, and it looks like it's trending in that direction right now, of course we'll see what happens, man. Yeah. The team gets on a run in a division that nobody wants to win. Who knows? But I'm just saying. Uh, if if this team does go in a different direction for head coach next year, and I believe general manager Jason Light will be making a call on that, um, you know, you, you got to hope that he makes the right hire. You know, yeah. And if they do go in another direction, it's got to be 
a new offensive mind. Yeah, yeah. Someone on I the offensive side correct. of football. Yeah, uh, you're right, man. A lot of people talk about the Lions offensive coordinator. I believe his ben name Johnson. is Ben Johnson. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like that would be interested. But I have another idea slash theory that I would like the, the pewter people to hear. Now, bear with me. It's going to require some patience, especially from you, the Bucks fans. But And it's a little bit of a pipe dream, but whatever. The hypotheticals yeah. can be fun. You ran this by me today. I, I was amused. Go for it, man. Yes. I like All right. So hear me out, Bucks fans. This will require a little bit of patience, but it checks a couple of boxes of mm-hmm. things it that um, that Bucks fans have complained about the Buccaneers, one of them being national relevancy. Oh, Levante David's great, but he never gets primetime games. No one talks about the Bucks. What the heck? All right. So uh, there's going to be multiple coaching, uh, you know, head coaching uh, vacancies this year. I know it's a great quarterback class, but we'll see how it goes with the Buccaneers. They might not even be in a position to have a top five pick and take all these great quarterbacks. But there's one quarterback in this draft class that isn't actually going into this draft class. He's playing one more season. And why I say this is, what if, and what if you you keep Todd Bowles for one more season and you know he struggled, you tank the next season, with Todd Bowles. So then you say, all right, we gave Bowles three seasons. We gave Dave Canales two seasons. Maybe you try Kyle Trask next year. So you say, all right, we try with Baker. We try with Kyle Trask. Nothing is working. We have to fire Todd Bowles. You tank next season, get a top pick. Then you hire primetime Deion Sanders, and you draft his son, Shador Sanders, with your first-round pick. You get a quarterback of the future. You get a new head coach that exudes confidence and, um, you know, swagger. That, that swagger that goes all across the whole locker room with all these players. It's easier to convince Dion to come to the NFC South where it's much more wide open than anywhere else. And I know that Dion does not want to coach in the NFL, but the opportunity to coach his son, which he has for his son's entire life, it might be a little bit tough to, uh, to to pass that opportunity down. And, of course, people, again, Bucks fans have complained that the Bucs don't get a lot of national relevancy. You hire Deion Sanders, oh, yeah. your head coach. Everybody's talking about the Bucs. No one talked about Colorado for years, except for former uh, PR guy on the Bucs, Chris King. Shout out to Chris yeah, King. Yeah, that's right. He went to Colorado. So yeah. I said, no one ever talked about Colorado Oh, there you go. Prime time, Dion. Prime time. You hire Dion Sanders. You get your quarterback of the future with Shador. Nobody knows Shador better than his own father. That's Deion right. Sanders. You also get Shiloh. I understand this is a pipe dream and it requires a lot of patience, <laughs> but you get your head coach, you get your national relevancy, and you can start competing almost right away because yeah. the NFC South will still be wide open. Yeah, and you, and you may get Warren Sapp as defensive line coach too. There you go, yeah. Because he's, he's in state. He doesn't have to travel across the country. So Yeah. Anyway, so that's just my uh, my theory, my idea, and I don't know. See what people think. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, um, uh, I I like it because it, it has some imagination, and and we didn't see a lot of imagination um, outside of the flea flicker that that actually should have been going to Mike Evans. Yeah, um, I, I, we saw some imagination on offense. So I shouldn't say that, but on defense, we didn't. I mean, whatever button. Todd Bowles was pressing. It was the wrong button. Coverage, blitz, man, zone. <laughs> it just was bad. So uh, we'll see if if they can uh, 
you know, actually treat a rookie quarterback like a rookie quarterback should be treated and with lots of pressure and blitzes. I, I think that that's the key. Um, if you if you're going to die on the field on defense, um, you know, like go out with pressure, man, like shoot your bullets. Yeah. And if you get beat one on one in man coverage, then you do, because right now you're getting beat one on one in zone. So sure. With, with let, no pressure. Let so, me ask you this, Scott, because yeah. I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I agree with what you're saying. But let's go back. Let's rewind the tape a little bit to 2021 when we all got on Todd's case for blitzing in that situation yeah. against the Rams in the playoffs. Right. And now he doesn't blitz in this situation. It's like, that why didn't you blitz? So you're kind of right. damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah, but I mean, this guy's not Matthew Stafford. I mean, he looked like That's Matthew Stafford true. on Sunday. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, this is a rookie quarterback. So. Uh, I, I think you have to do that, especially here's here's the thing. And, and this is this is where I really fault fault Todd Bowles. He knows they're not good in zone, yet he plays more zone than man. He knows yeah. they can't get pressure with four, yet he doesn't blitz. So to me, it's a double whammy. It's like um, at some point in time, you got to sit there and just say, we're going to bring some numbers. We're going to try to manufacture some pressures. I mean, I asked him Bowles today. I'm like, like neither Jamel Dean nor Carlton Davis have sniffed an interception. And I use that term like exactly. I said, neither one of these guys has sniffed an interception at all this season because they're playing off so far in zone coverage. And he kind of like shrugged it off and all that, but it's going to continue to happen. If you continue to to play zone coverage, this is going to continue to happen. Um, CJ Stroud, uh, just watch the film. And when the Buccaneers are kind of like in that prevent defense, they go cover two. And then down in the red zone, they go quarters. It's everything C.J. Stroud expected it would be, and he knew exactly where to go with the ball. It, you know, you you've got to to have some creativity, some imagination. You've got to fight against your tendency sometimes and mix it up. We saw that firsthand in the Super Bowl, did we not? Todd Bowles is not a cover two, rush four type of of defensive coordinator, especially earlier in his career when he wasn't the head coach, when he was the D.C. And Matt, it worked. It did. It, he went against. He went against his tendencies. He did. I think he blitzed Mahomes like twice the entire Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, you know. No, I, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong by any means. Yeah, let's get to some more of these super chats. Thanks, everyone. Starting with Joey Buono says, uh, "Wanted to start and thank you for the 499 super chat." Yeah. Says, uh, "Wanted to start wishing and thinking this into existence." Uh, like to, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Latu, Latu, uh, need to get our hands on actual premier edge rusher. Time to finally draft one. Yeah, the most recent mock draft that I saw may have been from our from our guy Trevor Sikama. Yeah, had him going in the top ten, I believe eighth to the Jets. Yeah. Uh, he's really good. Teams. Yeah, so he's a really you know premier pass rusher. It's tough because like I get it, JTS. It hasn't worked out. He's a jag. But you did just draft Yaya, Yaya Diaby yeah. with uh, with your third round pick. So how much do you invest into letting Yaya develop and maybe becoming your, you know, your counterpart edge rusher? But we'll see what they do with Shaq this season too. So there might be multiple opportunities where yeah. you just have Anthony and Yaya on the uh, yeah. on the outside making the making as much money as he does, and for the the little production they're getting out of Shaq, I, I don't see how he's around next year. They'll take a cap hit, but but I think they move on from Shaq. And and you know, JTS is gonna, he's under contract next year. That's true, right? But but I I, I he's not going to get the fifth year option picked up by any means, and and he is not going to be guaranteed a, a starting job whatsoever next year. Um, so. Right now, in my opinion, heading into next year, the, the problem is this. You need a quarterback next year. 
Yes. Right. You're going to have a new head coach. He's probably going to want to not move on or, or move on from Baker and, and draft his own. So you're going to need a quarterback. You're going to need another premier pass rusher, a really a, a guy that can really threaten quarterbacks, can make third downs matter in Tampa Bay in terms of third down defense. Uh, you might need another corner. I don't know if Carlton Davis will be on this team next year. Right. I just don't. Uh, Jamel will be because of his contract. But Carlton it is not, you know, a gimme. It's not a gimme that Mike Evans returns, mm. right? So all of a sudden, it's like this team, they're going to have a ton of holes next year. And then you factor in a new head coach who's going to take a look at the film super objectively because he you know, he never had any of these guys play for him. There's no allegiances. He's going to sit sure. there and say, I don't want him back. I don't want him back. Let's clear some cap space. Let's, let's trade this guy for draft picks, whatever. So um, – there's going to be a lot of personnel turnover this year. Um, a lot of guys are are playing so bad that coaches are going to get fired. And when that happens, the players end up going to. They don't think it's going to be them. Like Devin White. I'm telling you right now, this is November Wednesday, November 8th. I would bet my house, every possession I have, all of the money in, in my muni financial savings, all of the money in my bank, that Devin White is not going to be back. If you're a Devin White fan and you think that that Devin White is is uh, is going to be back. I'm sorry, I've got some bad news for you. He's not going to be re-signed by this team, and he's going to be hard pressed to find 11.7 million dollars elsewhere. It's just not happening. He, he's delusional if he thinks he's going to getting going to get more than he's making this year. He was upset at what he's been making yeah. this year at 11.7. He wanted a new, a new deal for 18 to 20 million. I mean, delusional. There is no film. Um, on this guy this year that screams pay him more than he's making this year. He's going to be lucky to get a one-year deal worth anything close to $10 million. He is in for such a rude awakening in free agency next year. Um, and the guy's just, he thinks he's playing well, and he's not. He's going to have think, to get live somewhere else. He's going to have to get live somewhere else. It will not be in Tampa. Take Bold. it to the bank. Bold. House, possessions, everything. So. That's 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 a big wager. That's one of the biggest bets yeah. of all time. Uh, let's keep it moving. Sean S. Thank you for the super chat. Sean, who says dollar uh, ninety nine super chat says, assuming everything keeps status quo, what are our draft needs? One quarterback, two corner, three center, four receiver. If Mike yeah. leaves or running back. Good question, Sean. I was actually thinking about this the other day too, because sadly we are kind of at that point where you start peeking a little bit over the fence, looking at the off season yeah. and, and the draft this year. I mean, there's no question about it. Quarterback has to be number one. If Baker yep. doesn't start you know, there. Yep. Yeah. Um, I would put center very high up there too. Um, yeah. Not necessarily saying number two. Um, like again, inside linebacker, if you lose Levante and Devin white, yeah. Like, are you putting all your stock in Servasier Dennis? I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. Well, that's only one guy, Matt. KJ Britt's not a starter. We know that. Yeah. So you need another inside linebacker. You're right. And uh, yeah, again, corner. It's like, what do they do with Carlton and Jamel? Because if they're both both back, then no, corner isn't. But if one of them is gone, you still got Zion McCollum in the hopper who could eventually end up being a starter. Running back absolutely has to be another option yep. uh, granted. So yeah, it's a good question. And it is. There's, there's really not too many wrong answers. It's just how they stack their importance yeah. at the quarterback, of course. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Ethan O'Hara, thank you so much for joining us live today. That's awesome. After watching um, hundreds Ooh. of podcasts, uh, that, that's great. Uh, really appreciate that. 
appreciate the the kind words. Uh, yeah, I think Devin White and Shaq are, are both gone out for this year. They, they're going to be starting over at those positions. I yeah, I, I think you might as well at this point. Like, sure, you could have made the argument, oh, well, they should have just started rebuilding this year. And I kind of disagree with that because it's like, I do too. You have such a small window. Go for it. Try, yes. <laughs> try to win the division. You know, and uh, it's still wide open this year, Matt. And it's, it's wide still, open. Again, if, yeah, Saints lose this week, and the Bucks beat the Titans. Everyone's back in the race. Even if the Bucks win and the Saints win, everyone's still back in the race because yeah. the Bucks, because they beat the Saints, and now they'd have to beat them again. Yeah, but they're technically one game behind the Saints. So right. again, four losses in a row. Horrible, terrible. Yeah. The way they lost on Sunday, even worse. I agree. But it's not over yet. That's right. why you play every single game. Yeah. And, and Matt, one of the points I, I made on my brand new Pewter Pulse, which if you haven't checked it out, go to Pewter Report TV yep. and watch it. It's about five minutes long. Uh, the gist of it is this. I still recommend that you watch the Pewter Pulse. We appreciate uh, the, the, the comments, the likes, and all that video. Appreciate that a lot. But the gist of it was this. Uh, you could have as many as three firings in the NFC South this year. Ty Bowles could be gone. If Dennis Allen does not win the NFC South this year, if he doesn't get a winning record, uh, you know, if he finishes at eight or or seven wins or whatever, uh, right now the Saints are in first place. If they don't win, he could be gone. Uh, Arthur Smith, this is his third year. After two seven and two seasons of no progress, the Falcons are now below 500 again after being the division lead just a, a week or two ago. He could be gone. Frank Reich, yeah. we've seen a bunch of firings uh, in the soccer teams that that uh, Robert Tepper owns, um, and uh, so I or David Tepper, I guess Robert Tepper, he was the uh, '80s singer. David Tepper, the the owner of the Panthers. There's no, there's no easy way out. It's my favorite rock songs by uh, it's on the Rocky Four soundtrack. Go check it out. David Tepper, um, you know he's not happy, right? He, he's not happy that C.J. Stroud was passed over for Bryce Young. And so Frank Wright could be gone. So, and of course, Todd Bowles. So you could have, I'm not going to say all four. Someone's going to win the division and, and keep his keep job. job. Yeah. But a bunch of turnover. And, and the guy that ends up staying could have the advantage because of continuity, right? The other yes. coaches are, 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 you know, being replaced and they're going to be hitting reset buttons and all those different teams. So I'm with you, Matt. This division's still there for the taking. And again, I think that's very. Uh, a very good bargaining chip for a coach that you're trying to hire and yeah. bring in. Would you rather well compete in this division or, you know, again, the, a couple of the other teams, you're going to have juggernauts at the top of, yeah. of their division. It's also crazy to think that, you know, the Panthers just ran to Bryce Young. So yeah. next season will be his second year. Bucks and Falcons could both easily take a quarterback in this year's draft. So you're going to have a young, young, young yeah. quarterback group in the NFC South, with the exception of, uh, Derek Carr with yeah. the Saints. So that's kind of crazy as well. Anyway, um, Dean Sackney, thank you for the Sackney. Thank you for the $5 Canadian super chat says, yep. Hey guys, love the podcast. Shout out from Calgary. What up Calgary? Uh, who do we see becoming an actual second string running back? Vaughn and Edmonds aren't cutting it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not going to be either of them. It's no. really just a matter of when can Sean Tucker start pass blocking where they trust him to have those reps because yeah. I think we've all said, you know, even going back to um, training camp and, and right. preseason, Sean Tucker was a really good runner. You know, he yeah. broke some big plays. He's an exciting running back, but there's more to being a running back than just 
taking the handoff, hitting the hole, and moving. I hope at some point, and if they keep losing, that's, I guess, one positive is they're going to play Sean Tucker just to see what they right. have in him. Um, so the answer is either Sean Tucker or new draft pick next season or new free agent signing next season because yeah. it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be Keyshawn Vaughn and it probably won't be Chase Edmonds. Yeah, exactly. A couple other um, things. We'll get to the Super Chats in a second, but tickets are less than $30 on StubHub. So come out and watch the Buccaneers try to beat Will Levis on Sunday if you're looking for something to do. I and I hope they wear their red jerseys. They've been wearing too much white lately. I agree. Mix it up. Wear a red yep. jersey. Uh, can you go over what Rondé Barber had to say regarding Bulls defense? Yeah, he said it was embarrassing. And um, I don't, you know, I, I'll I'll leave that alone. I'll just say that I'm going to let Rondé speak for himself. I've had some conversations with Rondé, but what Rondé, what I wrrote about on on his interview with Rich Gannon for the 33rd team says it all. It was embarrassing, terrible performance, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, not very good. Uh, Misador says JTS is the defense of OJ Howard. Ooh, that's a, uh... you know what? I, I think that's spot on great athlete playing football, but not a very instinctive player. And that's, yeah. you know, you're, you're an athlete playing football or a football player. And I think OJ Howard and JTS, that's a great, great, great comment right there. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, and then air Cecil says, is Bryce Huff from the jets, a free agent after this season? Yeah, he is an unrestricted free agent. His story is awesome. He he's an undrafted free agent. He's he's been getting more playing time, but he is a was typically a a, a third down guy. Yep. All he does is get after the quarterback. He yeah. is incredible. I he love him. Fantastic on on the box. High motor. Yep. High motor. Cool sack dance too. Uh, <laughs> I think he has five or five and a half sacks on the season. Just yeah. you put him in there, he gets to the quarterback. Yeah, he's the he anti Joe Tryonshenko. He gets yeah. to the quarterback and he finishes every single time. Um, I feel like, though, the Jets are not going to let him leave. They're either going to uh, give him a franchise tag or sign him to a deal. But if he's available, would absolutely love to see Bryce Huff on the box. He's yeah. incredible as a pass rusher. Super uh, chat Adam, from, I, I yeah. think he liked your idea, Matt. I think it was that's the what D, he's, It was the Dion. Yeah. yeah, it was the Dion one. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. I, I, I like appreciate that. that. Yep. Um, another super chat here from Hezo813, $5 super chat. SR, listen to you on that Titans podcast. I love how you always represent Peter Report well on other platforms with rational analysis, rare to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I've um, I've been on a couple this year, went on one for the Lions game and the Titans game. I enjoy doing that. Uh, it's it's fun to talk football with. I learn a lot about the upcoming opponent by having those conversations with, with those uh, other writers and podcasters that cover other teams. And it is fun. And I, and I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm not a Buccaneer cheerleader. I don't dance well. Um, you know, <laughs> I just call it like I see it. Uh, this is a different Buccaneers team. I'm very, very concerned that, that they're going to lose on Sunday. And, of course, they're going to lose in San Francisco. This thing's going to spiral. And I, I wish that wasn't the case. But um, I, my confidence in this team is shaken greatly right now. And, uh, and this team's got to rebound. And they got to fight. And there are some players on this team right now that are just not a couple of players that are not really putting forth the best effort. And they've really got to have an attitude adjustment or get what, replaced. What if they beat the Titans this week and then keep it close against the 49ers? Yeah. Let's call it a, a statement loss to yeah. the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Then, are we back on track? Are we back to up oh, the Bucks still have a shot? Yeah, yeah, because because – 
they get the double whammy games, Matt. You're right. They, they, they do have a shot. Uh, but the double whammy games are they go to Atlanta and they beat Atlanta, right? And you get the win and you deal a divisional opponent a loss, right? It's, mm-hmm. That's the double whammy, right? You get two wins against the Panthers. Boom, that's two more division wins. You have another chance of beating the Saints here at home. That's another double whammy where where you you're knocking the Saints down a peg and you're moving up a peg. So they have a lot of these division games left. That's the Bucks saving grace. But they still got to stack wins. And these are winnable games. This Sunday's a winnable game. Yeah. The the Colts game, I'm going to say is a winnable game. It's going to be tougher than most people think I it will. But they got to start stacking these wins. They're running out of time. I, as I've said before, you take away the Jaguars game and the 49ers game. Those are better teams than the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. They'll probably beat Tampa. Fine. Out of the nine games left, you take those two out. You have seven games. Seven games to win six to get you to nine and eight. And that's that's tough, man. We have not seen this team really rip off the necessary three wins in a row, Matt. Yeah, you know the two wins here, then lose game, and then two more wins. We we haven't seen that yet for this team. The Bucks have to stack wins, and we got to stack all these flavors of Celsius oh, because it. there are flavors on top of flavors on top of flavors. You see all of them in the graphic here: the sparkling wild berries, sparkling orange, sparkling watermelon. Uh, the peach mango is great too. Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. Shout out to the peach vibe as well. Uh, there's no sugar in a Celsius energy drink. And there's no uh, post-energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with another product out there. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius, if you haven't had one before and you want to try it, totally recommend doing so. Go to the Celsius store locator on their website, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest location where you can find one. It could be a Walmart, a Target, a health and fitness store, or your bodega. Bodega. I like that one. It was like a little, little more drawn out. Nice. Uh, and once you keep going to your bodega and you're like, wow, this is so great. I want more. I want to get it in bulk. You can get it in bulk. That's when you go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and you can get it in bulk. Like I said, I'd recommend getting that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Why have one great flavor of Celsius when you can have a bunch of great flavors of Celsius? And you could set it up, you could have it sent to your residence whenever you want. You're in charge, you're the captain of the ship. Could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Make Celsius your number one pick. Or you can just have Scott Reynolds hand deliver you a case of Cosmic Vibe, man. That is also true. I was uh, I was lucky enough to. This is not the Cosmic Vibe. It's the sparkling orange. It's a good uh, one. Orange pomegranate. That's a really me. good flavor. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, but yeah, thank you to Scott for that uh, for the Cosmic Vibe. Can't you're wait welcome. To- to uh, check it out. But we got more Super Chats to get to, starting with uh, Mark Fisher. Rev Fish, thank you for the four ninety nine Super Chat, says, thanks, SR, for uplifting our spirits, LOL. <laughs> Besides that, Mr. Miss Lincoln, how is the play? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, job is just to tell it like I see it, you know. And uh, the wins are there. This team just, they've got to play better. They've got yeah. to play better. They can do this. They can do this, but... I'm I'm losing hope. These are winnable games, and they're just not getting the job done. 
they're not giving us a reason to believe in them. Correct. That's right. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the annoying part. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Zach Jarvis, thank you for the dollar ninety nine super chat. If Penix Junior is on the board, do the Bucks take him? Well, the Bucks love taking players from Washington. That's true. <laughs> so there, so yeah. there is a precedent. I just and Levis has this too. I just can't get over the delivery. It's so yeah. odd. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a good or bad quarterback. Right. It's just. I feel like I'm either watching Philip Rivers or Uncle Rico from the Pauline Island. Right. It's just yeah. such an odd thing. Well, he's left-handed too, right? I mean, I know uh, I'm left is left-handed. I'm a left-hander yeah. myself, so yeah. I gotta I gotta show my support for yeah. the lefties. I think um, the only two left-handed prominent quarterbacks in Bucks history. I could be wrong, but I think Jack the Throwing Samoan Thompson was a lefty. I think I never saw him play, but yeah. I think he was, and I know Chris Sims was. And it didn't work out great for either one of them. Maybe yeah. Michael Penix, who's a Tampa kid, maybe. Maybe he bucks the trend. I don't know. I, the quarterback that I'm really kind of gravitating towards, actually, there's a couple. Bo Nix uh, is mm. is really grown on me. I think he's a he's a gutsy gamer. Um, and then uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU. Man. Yes, it's yeah, you tweeted about, about him. You tweeted about him the other so day. So good. He's he would be so great good. in Canales's office. He would be Just very like, good in Canales's yeah. office. Yeah. Actually, speaking of Canales, we have a, a five dollars super chat from Matt Bucks fan. Five dollars here. Thank you. Do you think if this offense continues to improve, they also fire Canales? I would like to have him for another year. Uh, great question. Yeah. And it's, I was, 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 was going to say, yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah. I was going to say, it's tough because if, if you fire Todd Bowles and Dave Canales is doing a good job, yeah. I think it's still too early for Canales to just give him a head coaching job because he's right. only been there for yeah. a year. But with that said, if you get rid of the head coach, the new head coach comes in. He's probably going to want to have his own guy yeah. in there. It's very rare, especially on yeah. the offensive side, where a coach comes in and says, hey, exactly. you know what? I like this guy. I think he's going to stay. You have it on defense from time to time. That's yeah. usually when you bring in an offensive coach. Right. It would be very, very, very tough for Canales to keep his job as offensive coordinator if the guy that hired him isn't there right. anymore. Yeah, and to your point, Matt, and it was a, it was a good one too, uh, the, the Buccaneers kept Monty Kiffin when they traded for John Gruden and fired Tony Dungy. But yep. the reason why they kept money kept was because that was a Super Bowl-ready defense. Yes. With pro bowlers galore, the defense wasn't the problem. It was the offense, right? Uh, so I don't know if you can sit there and say the offense isn't the problem in Tampa, right? It's not like this offense is a juggernaut by any yeah. means. Canales' offense is lighting it, lighting it up. We'll see what happens down the stretch. The one interesting thing, though, and I'll give Josh Capo credit. I was talking to Josh this morning about it, is if the Buccaneers went with an offensive-minded head coach, and brought in Shane Waldron. If he was, if he was the head coach, he would mm -hmm. keep the same system because he's Seattle's offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. And and then Canales would run Shane's offense essentially, and Shane would be the head coach. And maybe he would be the play caller still. But that that would be, in my opinion, the only logical way Canales would stay in Tampa if Bulls got fired is if Shane Waldron was was named head coach. That's yeah, that's actually a great thought. I was not thinking about that, but yeah. that would make a, uh, a ton of sense. Moving on. Jonas Gorea. Uh, thank you for the four ninety nine super chat says y'all want a mobile quarterback like Travis Daniels or Leonard. It yeah. probably helps the run game, especially if Munkin Todd mm -hmm. Munkin is yep. head coach. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is, is I would certainly give Todd Munkin, uh, some consideration, right? Because the Glazers know him. The uh, Jason Light knows him. He certainly was a, um, you know, he was a uh, offensive coordinator here during Dirk, but he was also the receivers coach. 
And he's he's been a, a winner, right? He he went to Georgia, won a national yep. championship, helped develop Stetson Bennett, who was a walk-on, into a Heisman Trophy caliber type player. They won back-to-back national championships. Mm-hmm. Understands the need to play in complementary football, but at the same time, lighting up the scoreboard at Georgia. I don't believe Georgia had a thousand-yard receiver. They had uh, Brock Bowers, right? Yep. Uh, they had uh, Adonai Mitchell before he transferred to Texas. You know, he had he had some pieces, but it wasn't like they had a bunch of juggernaut All Americans on offense. It was basically a defensive team, but the offense still lit people up. And Brock Bowers certainly is is one of the, the best players coming into this year's draft class, the tight end. Um, I, I think this style of quarterback, uh, it, you know, you have to be mobile in this day and age. You have to, we've seen the escapability of Baker Mayfield and how that can help an offensive yes. lineman. Uh, the, the blitzing linebackers, the defensive linemen, they're just too fast, too good in this day and age. You have to have somebody, I'm not saying all pocket passers are dead, but there's going to be a lot more Patrick Mahomes coming into the league. Um, then there, then there were Tom Brady's coming into the league. You have to have some escapability, some mobility, etc. cetera. Uh, I think the day and age of the pocket passer is, is kind of coming and going. And, 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 you know, I, I love, you know, um, Jaden Daniels. I think he's phenomenal. Bo Nix is also very mobile. Uh, Penix has some mobility, but he is more of a pocket passer, but I think it's these guys that can, they can, Make plays on the run. The Caleb Williams, you know, the 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 Riley Leonard's, the the Drake Mays that have some ability and they can yeah. run the ball too. Uh, I'll I'll just speak on Jordan Travis because I've watched a lot of Florida yeah. State games this season, with the exception of two, and the two games were like when they kicked the crap out of Syracuse and Wake right. Forest. Uh, Travis, I really like as a college football quarterback. Yeah, his size concerns me a little bit though, kind of like with Bryce Young, where I feel like if he takes one big hit in the NFL. Yeah, could be it, but he is very mobile and he does throw the ball a lot too, um, and work with talented receivers or is working with talented receivers. So yeah, I'd be interested in that. But we've gone down to Florida State and Florida quarterback playing for the Buccaneers, and it hasn't totally yeah. uh, hasn't totally panned out. But uh, would be interesting, yeah. nonetheless. Adam Hamilton with the four ninety nine super chat says, also Scott, thank you so much for being a savage in these <laughs> press conferences. As a fan, I feel like you do a good job of representing us. Uh, it just comes a point in time you have to ask some tough questions. Matt's asked some tough questions. I think Jenna Lane's asked some tough questions. She asked a tough one today about Jamil Dean and Carlton Davis. Uh, Rick Stroud will get on, you know, coach as well. It's our job to hold these guys accountable and yeah. and uh, and sniff out the BS sometimes. And uh, you know, um, you know, I, I think the thing the Peter Report always tries to do is we we try to be the conduit between the fans, yep. you know, and 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 uh, and the team. And a lot of these, you know, questions, even the ones, even the questions and statements we don't put up because we only have an hour. But you guys ask so many great questions. You have so many great thoughtful comments. I've I've said it for years. The Pewter Report Bucks fans are the best ones out there. The Pewter people are the most knowledgeable fans out there. It's really a tribute to you. You guys pay attention. You learn from each other in this chat. We see it. We try to, to bring the insight and the inside information to you guys to fill you in, to fill in the blanks about what's really happening. We're not always right. Be the first to admit that. But um, but a lot of the genesis for our questions come from you guys. And we are yeah. your servants to get you guys the answers that you want to 
you know, to hold these coaches and players accountable. You guys have made me better at my job too. Cause there's like yeah. certain things I like either didn't think about, or I look at it through a different lens and, and things of that yeah. nature. And it's all credit to, uh, you guys, the pewter people. So yep. uh, love all of you guys and gals. Thank you yep. so much. Thank you so much to Donta Mason for the Appreciate 1999 Super Chat. Donta says, good afternoon from Compton, California. Straight good out of afternoon. Compton. Let's go. Yeah, uh, Been a Bucks fan since 1993. Oh, when yeah. Hardy Nickerson, Hardy, yeah. Compton ah, native, ah, came to the team. Ah, <laughs> I love Hardy, man. Oh, that dude was great. Todd Bowles needs to choose some butt and get on the same page as Antonio Pierce, who is also from. Compton, California. Yep. So uh, obviously you're paying a little bit more attention yeah. to Antonio Pierce with him. Mm -hmm. And Hardy Nickerson was from Compton, California, yeah. too. I and mean, Hardy, uh, yeah. So very, very cool. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. And we saw a little bit of it on Monday when Todd's like, F the communication. You guys just need to play better. <laughs> he didn't necessarily say it like that. Right. And Todd is a player's guy, so he's not yeah. going to call people out all the time. But again, you've lost four in a row. You yeah. need to change stuff around. Yeah, you, you have do. to. If you keep going the same way, soft ass zone, which he said today, we don't play that far back. Uh, yes, you do. Yeah, you do. We <laughs> watch do. the games. We watch the day. Yeah. yeah, you do. Right. And uh, you know, it's it. He says it starts with us. Starts with us as coaches. Well, if you keep patting Devin White on the head and saying, "Oh, it's okay, Devin. You're doing great. You're fantastic, Devin." Well, Devin's not going to get the message. Right. Neither is Carlton Davis. But shout yep. out to Carlton; he was actually great today. Yeah, he was. Um, actually, let's uh, we have some some more super chats to get to. If we go yeah. a little over today, we do. But let's let's. This is a great time to to play Carlton because yes. Now I will say this: I'm going to give Carlton all the props for facing the fire. It did take a little arm twisting too, right? It, this was not like Carlton was just like, "Hey, I'm going to step up here and own this and all this." It took a little arm twisting and conjoling from the excellent, excellent communication staff, uh, Nelson, Luis, Mike Pahanek. Yep. Um, and listen, no, nobody wants to face the music and face the press after an embarrassing performance. So ultimately, I give Carlton all the props for agreeing to do it, but a little bit arm twist. But thankfully, True. Carlton, thankfully Carlton came up and... And, and I also respect questions. he gave very, very like thorough responses too. It wasn't yes. just like, you know... He, said five words and that was it. Yes. He's very thorough with it. So let's get to Carlton yep. Davis owning up that he did not play well last game. have an explanation honestly like what you've seen is what happened. Um, you gotta own up to it. Um, hurtful to watch and to be playing in your head. Especially knowing like caliber player I am and the standards that I have is it's like one of the worst things that can happen. And, uh, it's the brutal truth of you know playing corner. Is that a you know whatever you are not on, on point? It's for the whole world to see if it can be for all the marbles. That's just the position that I play. Uh, but I, you know, I take it with pride and I, I love what I do and you know I'm gonna get better and I move on past it. And, I just want to get that nasty taste out of my mouth. Like I said, like the position I play, it's like it's a brutal position, you know. Where when you mess up, it's for millions to see, um, and I know that. I've always known that. I've been here before. It's not my first rodeo, and uh, I know how to come back from this. My confidence won't be locked. Next time you see me, pretty sure you'll be able to tell that my confidence will be the same as it was before. 
um, the play happened and uh, it, it hurt. Uh, it's like the worst thing that could happen to any corner. But um, you know, we gotta move on. I, I can't stay stuck in that moment. I can't, um, you know, produce off that moment. I can't allow it to affect me and affect this team. You know, even though, you know, I, I feel, I feel bad. Not just for me, but you know, for my team, for the fans, for like, the city of Tampa. Um, well, it hurts. So, but it's something that I, I have to move forward. I have to uh, be better. Pretty thorough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really thorough. And, you know, a credit to him. He, like you said, Matt, he didn't just step up there just to step up there. He was giving some very thoughtful answers. Uh, and, you know, it, it bothered him. He's a prideful guy. He even went so far as to say, I let the city of Tampa down. Yeah. Not just my team or the fans. I mean, he went full gambit. So, yeah. Um, and he, he is a competitor, man. I, I do expect a bounce back game from Carlton Davis. You know, I do. I think that he is going to. Rise to the occasion. Uh, this this will light a fire under him, and I, I think he'll be I think he'll play better down the stretch. I really do, especially going up against DeAndre Hopkins, who uh, you know he he's played against before and played well yeah. against before, including uh, last season and on Christmas they they yeah. played against each other. Exactly. Moving on, Paul, aka Florida Dreamhouse. Thank you so much for the ten dollars super chat. Paul says, assuming Baker ends up as projected, 3,600 yards, 30 TDs, 10 interceptions, Bowles is gone, Canals is gone. If you're the GM, do you lock Baker up as a bridge quarterback for the, quote, heir apparent or blow it all up? Um, that's a good question. I, I, If he ends up with those numbers, it'd be hard to kind of walk away from. However, with those numbers – he's getting a Geno Smith type contract. He's not going to be a bridge, you know, in terms of a bridge money, that's not a bridge money um, statistic right there. That's if he gets 3,630 and 10, that's he's getting Geno Smith money on a long-term deal. And the problem is the, the new coach, whoever that would, would be would have to say, yeah, I want Baker as opposed to dipping his toe in the water in what is the mega quarterback draft class yeah. coming up. That is really two rounds deep in terms of finding starters. And, and to be able to sit there and say, we want Baker as opposed to all of – or any of these guys, I don't know. that That's tough. I mean, if, if, he, if Baker produces those numbers, it would be hard to walk away from. But you have to feel really good that he's going to thrive in your system and, and, and be able to do that again in a new system. So I, I don't know. That's, that's tough. I think what also factors in is – what do you do with Mike Evans? Because yeah. if you re-sign, like, do you want Baker Mayfield and just Chris Godwin? No, I don't. I it, don't think so. Uh, but if, if if Mike and Chris are back, yeah, then uh, you know, then you have Baker return. That makes a little more sense. Versus, yeah. you still have Chris Godwin and a rookie quarterback. Ideally, you probably end up drafting another wide receiver because Trey Palmer, you know, he was a late round pick for a reason right. and hasn't really brought a ton to the table, at least in, in recent weeks. So I, I think it's either Baker and Mike and Chris or rookie yeah. quarterback with Chris. And then you, you know, you try to build around the rest of the offense. Paul K Florida dream house with the $2 super chat says we will bank hard next week. Maddie diamonds. Yeah, I did go one and one. I did pick the bucks to cover yeah. and they did. Thanks to Stroud taking a knee on that. <laughs> <laughs> what a hit nonetheless. And Mike was a yard away from scoring a touchdown. But anyway, yeah. thank you. 
Uh, thanks to Box Basement with a two dollar super chat. Can't wait for Derrick Henry to humble oh, Devin White. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the big oh. matchup in this really because you know the Titans want to run the football yeah. between the and, tackles, and it's tough to gauge exactly how this offense will be with Levis. Like he's only played in two games. Right. Granted, he played against the like they lost to the Steelers, but they kept it close until the yeah. end. And the Steelers have a damn good defense. I don't yeah. care if Megan Fitzpatrick didn't play. I mean, yeah. for him to uh, – they had over 300 yards I of know. offense. which has been difficult to come by. Yeah, 340 and 375 against the Falcons yeah. in his uh, in his first start. I mean, if they get that run game going and the Bucks, remember, they got completely gashed by the Falcons a couple of yeah. weeks ago. And Tajay Spears is another guy you've been yeah. a huge fan of. Um, right. He's a little bit more of a factor in the passing game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, stopping the run has got to be priority number one, especially against the uh, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Devin White. Devin White had a really bad game against the Falcons, and they ran the ball for you know 140 yards or something, whatever it was. And and that was just Tyler Algier. That was not Derrick Henry. So I mean, yeah. I, I'm expecting one of Devin's worst games this year because he's playing not to get hurt. As really, and you can see it on film; it's pretty apparent. Um, and that's not just my observation. That's the observation of others. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, here is the injury report. It came out just a bit ago. We'll go through this real quick. Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean did not practice today. Carlton Davis with a, with a toe injury. That's so, oh, uh-oh, that's interesting. And a concussion for Jamel Dean. Um, not sure if he's going to get it out of concussion protocol. Josh Hayes also, too, the gunner extraordinaire out of Kansas State, who's playing really good in special teams, has a concussion as well. He did not participate. Uh, as well as Devin Tompkins for personal reasons. So I'm um, not sure what, what's up with Devin. We'll ask Coach about that tomorrow. These players were limited in practice. Matt Filer with the knee. They're still going to start Aaron Stinney. Luke Gedeke with the foot. Uh, he was limited. Uh, Logan Hall is back in practice with a groin injury limited. And Vita Vea with a groin injury also limited. For the Titans, these players did not practice. Aziz Al-Shahir, who is one of their stud linebackers, had an ankle. And was out. Uh, Daniel Brunskill, the guard, ankle, did not participate. Traylon Burks, wide receiver, concussion, didn't participate. Sean Murphy Bunting, you might remember his name, number uh, number zero. <laughs> what is his number? It's zero in Tennessee. Thumb injury, didn't participate, and neither did Nicholas Petit Free, uh, from who's a Tampa kid, their offensive tackle with a shoulder, didn't participate. The other players were limited. Uh, Danico Autry, rest. Um, Jake Gibbons, linebacker, Luke Gifford, both have shoulder injuries, were limited. Uh, Anthony Kendall, their cornerback, hamstring, as well as uh, Ryan Tannehill, of course, the backup quarterback now, ankle injury. And uh, full participation, Roger McCreary, Will Levis. Uh, they list Will Levis with the foot injury, but he was a full participant. And Mike Brown, the safety, full participant. So uh, kind of link the injury reports for both teams. Uh, I think when you when you look at this, Matt, um, we, we got to get in some some Titans um, preview here. The, the, this really reminds me so much of last week's game, and that these two teams are both kind of mirror opposites of each other. Mm-hmm. And the scoreboard kind of reflected that, although nobody expected a shootout in Houston. Nah. But the Buccaneers averaging nineteen point eight points per game, and the the Titans averaging eighteen point five points per game, right? The, the Buccaneers allowing 20.9 points per game on defense. The Titans allowing 20 points per game on defense. Both teams are 3-5. and five. Both teams have had problems putting points on the board. 
And both teams at certain times have really crapped the bed defensively. So uh, this is going to be what should be another close, tight game. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be what we thought last week's game was going to be, 20-17-ish. to 17 -ish. I, How do you see this game playing out, Matt? Yeah, I, I actually... I... I wouldn't call it high scoring, but I think the Bucks offense will actually be able to kind of build on, on what they did against the Texans. That doesn't mean yeah. they're going to score 37 points. I, I really think it just comes down to can the Bucks defense rattle Will Levis? And I think that's yeah. kind of crazy to say about, oh, it's a rookie quarterback. But now the cat's out of the bag. Rookie quarterbacks have kind of destroyed the Bucks as of right. late when they go up against rookie quarterback so yep. you have to be disruptive they have to get something from their outside linebackers on a consistent basis yeah i would almost rather the bucks record one sack but they're in the face of will levis time yeah. after time after time then you have three sacks that come randomly throughout the game but levis has a clean pocket throughout the rest of right. it um bowls used the word disruptive today and yeah. i think that's the most important thing for this pass rush the pass rush has not they've been getting sacks Right. But they haven't been consistently disruptive, and that's usually yeah. the sign of a uh, of a good team. So we'll see if they can get to Levis. If not, I can see yeah. this being a little bit more high scoring than yeah. I think most people imagine. Yeah, and you mentioned Derrick Henry and Ty J Spears that they they really have to find a way to to shut them down. They did not do that against the Falcons at home, right? And they allowed. Atlanta to be balanced, and we saw what happened in that game. Even though that was not a high scoring, the Falcons had uh, three trips in the red zone that resulted in turnovers. Otherwise, that score could have been really out of whack. And so stopping the run is critical. They did not do that last time there at Ray J facing the Falcons, and it just about cost them. Um, you know, Josh Wiley's kind of emerged as a little bit of a target in the tight end game. Liked him in this year's draft as well out of Cincinnati. I think if there's going to be some opportunities for the Buccaneers, uh, looking at Andre Dillard, man, he has given up eight sacks this year and a ton of pressures. He's their left tackle. This is a – if Joe Tryon-Schwenka does not dominate this game, he's never going to dominate any game type yeah. of matchup because Andre Dillard is just bad. And so this is a winnable matchup, I think, for JTS. He's really – he's got to play for his NFL career, man, because – there are people that are down on him in the building. And then the opposite side, there's a lot of pass rushers over there in Tennessee. You've got Harold Landry who can get to the quarterback. You've got Arden Key, who is one of their wave rushers. Yep. Uh, Danico Autry is their leading sacker, right? And the other guy in that picture is Jeffrey Simmons, who is absolute game wrecker. I mean, that dude is he is a, a wall of muscle and mass and fury. He plays hard against the run. He is a great pass rusher. Um, Jeffrey Simmons is is the game wrecker up front. They'll they'll put him against both Aaron Stinney and Cody Malk. Malk's given up five sacks this year, so uh, neither one of these guys is going to have um, reprieve from Jeffrey Simmons. He will play left defensive tackle and right. Stinney's going to get his shots at him, and so is Malk, and uh, and and that's that's going to present some problems, I think, for for Baker Mayfield in the pass protection, which has generally been good, but they're, they're going to have to slide protection towards yes. Jeffrey Simmons and help out either Malk or Aaron Stinney. This is not the game where Dave Canales can sit there and just isolate oh, blocks yeah. there. And, 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 and as a result, what the Titans will do is they're going to blitz the a gap and, and make Robert Hainsey block one of those linebackers. Mm -hmm. And that will free up Jeffrey Simmons in a one-on-one -on -one against Malk or Stinney. And it's going to cause some real problems. 
Yeah, it's a little bit of a scary process for the Bucs in this one. We've talked about how the interior part of the offensive line has been the weakness of the offensive line. As great yeah. stuff as they're getting from Tristan and Luke Gedeke, um on the inside, it's been a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, Bucks Basement with the $5 Super Chat says, My top picks would be Ben Johnson, Ken Dorsey, Kane's fan, Todd Munkin, anyone on the 49er staff. <laughs> Hell, I'd even take LaFleur if the Packers fire him, talking about the next head coaching uh, vacancy. Well, I'll tell you what. um, I'm not sure about head coach, all right? Um, But if I'm looking at candidates to be my realtor, well, I know who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group. That's right. The official realtor of Peter Report is the only name you need to know when it comes to real estate, folks. And the reason is, is because he has relationships with the people that he's helping try to, to find a house uh, they don't look at, at, at them as transactions. Uh, what they do is they look at them as lifelong friendships. That, that's the type of relationship you're trying to, to build because, let's face it, your home is your greatest investment. It's, it's, it is not just a house, it's a home. You have to find the right neighborhood as well as the right house to live in. And that's where Eric and his team come into play. Eric is an avid Peter Report reader. And he's a Tampa native. He knows the area like the back of his hand. But more importantly, he has the experience you need doing hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. Make sure you visit their website, housesinfla.com, housesinfla, or give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. You can also check him out on Facebook and Instagram, Eric Gross Group, and see their open houses, their listings. Do do yourself a favor, housesinfla.com. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game, no matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Speaking of houses, we got a uh, another super chat from Paul, a.k.a. Florida Dreamhouse, who says, interesting how nobody talks Trask as a future quarterback. Well, I mean, he didn't beat out Baker for the job. Sadly, it will go down as a wasted draft pick by Jason Light. It looks like it, yeah, it does. Uh, and at the same time, too, keep in mind, Bruce Arians had a, a say in that as well, right? True. So th- there's there's that. Um, another super chat here, Zach Jarvis, 499. If Marvin Harrison is on the board, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr., the Ohio State wide receiver, is on the board, and we don't have Evans no more, we got to take him, right? It's also, uh, we are having to talk about draft picks. Yeah, it's it's that time, unfortunately. We're three and five, it's more about draft picks than playoffs. But the Buccaneers can change that. Uh, they can change the narrative by getting a win, on Sunday and getting, creeping back up to four and five. Um, yeah. Marvin Harrison is a dynamo, man. Yeah. Th- this I mean, is a, so talented. This is a really good receiver at Florida state. Keon Coleman, who I think Love will look great Keon Coleman. and red and pewter. Uh, Malik neighbors is good. Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky, a little bit down the road, probably on day two. Um, you've got the, the Washington duo of uh, Rome Odunze and um, Jalen Polk. Both of those guys are really good. I saw a Texas wide receiver, uh, Adonai uh, Mitchell, who's a Georgia transfer, light up my Kansas State Wildcats over the weekend. A lot of good receivers in this draft class, for sure. Yeah, and he'll probably be first off the board among receivers. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, He's a top three pick, probably. Yeah. Uh, you can actually bet on the draft. I don't know if you knew that. You can bet oh, on yeah. the draft. You can bet on the Bucks game uh, coming up this week. And, of course, you can do it at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code PEWTER. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Get a first deposit bonus all the way up to $200 and – as little as $45. It's free money in your MyBookie account. So even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code 
computer. All right, that's going to wrap things up for us on today's show. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media on X, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. We are at Pewter Report, and our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV, where we all have tons of content that come out each day from the podcast to various other videos as well. We'll have another show tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m. So until then, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.